What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts? Welcome to another episode of the V-Twin Life where we talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins. What feels their passion about it? Why do we enjoy them so much? Also, this episode of the V-Twin Life is brought to you by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them find them on the World Wide Web at CrashInClothing.com and on Instagram at Crash underscore Inc. And you're down in that Taggart, Oregon area. You can swing by Paradise Harley-Davidson where they do have Crash Inc. on the shelves and... If you're like me and you don't want to wait for shipping, man, you can get your hands on some now. But if you do head over to CrashInClothing.com, hey, don't forget, you, we got that promo code CRASH1. Use that, save yourself some money, and you're not going to find that promo code anywhere else except here on the V-Twin Life. And all you guys also, if, hey, if you're in the market for a new windshield, you might want to check out Long Ride Windshields. If you do, use that promo code, the V-Twin Life 15, save yourself 15% off site-wide off anything they have. So, hey, check them out. So, now let's twist the throttle and dive into this episode. Today, we got the one and only Street Glide underscore Trooper on Instagram. Rocking that beautiful 2018 Street Glide special and that lovely white Bonneville salt flat denim color. Tell you what, it's a gorgeous color. The guy's in a lot of stuff to his bike. Tell you what, you can see him all over Instagram. He's commenting a lot of places, sharing some great photos, rocking that PMA, sharing that positive mental attitude, and yeah, he's everywhere. So, hey, let's get into this with Tim White. Hey, what's going on, Tim? Oh, just enjoying life, man. PMA, you hit it on the head right there, baby. Absolutely, man. You gotta, you gotta love that because anymore, especially in today, you know everything we're going through, man. You gotta have some positive mental attitude. That PMA is a is a big thing. It is, it is, and you know I've I've always kind of subscribed to that attitude, but never really put it to words until started uh, checking out Crash Inc. and their stuff, and it was just kind of like, dude, hit it, hit the nail on the head. You know, I was like, that's it, PMA. Oh, very true. I mean, and he's, you know, what's cool is he's always, it's not about him, man. He is so happy to support other guys and, and, you know, other people within the community and just, and just sharing those, you know, those positive vibes. And, you know, it's one of, you know, great things, you know, it's not always about me. It's, you know what, Hey, good for them, man. Be happy about it and, and watch other people grow. And, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the friendship and, everything that's happened with him through this whole, you know, podcast adventure and, and building that friendship's just been absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. He's, he's definitely a cool guy. I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to get down that way this summer and hook up with him and the rest of that crew and just get to know him. I mean, you, you talk to all these guys on the internet and in, in social media and you get to know him, listen to him on the podcast, but just to go and shake the man's hand and be like, dude, bro, you got it. Yeah, and, you know, in that face-to-face interaction and just and just getting to meet them, you know, face-to-face and having those, you know, the conversations and, and you know, getting to know the guys as an individual is just, it's worth that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. So, you know, you know, let's get how these, you know, a lot of these things start, man. So uh, where did your love of motorcycles come into life for you, man? Oh, it's been, been a long road, really. Um, not so much riding but wanting to ride uh 
growing up, my parents split at an early age. My dad lived in Vegas and down there I used to see, you know, dirt bikes ripping through the desert all the time and always wanted that, but never was in the budget, we'll say, with the parents, you know, there's always other things. And then finally got into dirt bikes just outside of high school and rode them for a little bit and then got into quads and raced them a little bit and that was fun. And then got out of that and about 16 years ago. So my daughter on Father's Day, daughter was four months old, went in and went down the path that seems like a lot of guys start with and started with like a Gixxer 750, you know, the old uh, cross rockets and rocked that for about three years. And it was cool, but just wasn't comfortable on long rides, you know, you do some crazy, stupid shit on them and probably better. I got rid of it when I did. That was early twenties there. And then got out of it for a while. Just wasn't in the cards for family. My stepson was playing baseball. We're busy with him. My daughter was starting to dance and it just, it wasn't working out that way anymore for me and kind of walked away for a bit. And about, 12 years ago, wife and I went down to Vegas and went with another couple. Guy had his motorcycle endorsement. I'm like, hey, let's go rent some motorcycles, man. Let's go rent some Harleys. Go rip through the desert. Did that and fell in love right away. I'm like, dude, this is way more comfortable. Wife's on the back actually enjoying the ride. We ripped through, you know, Red Rock Canyon, Valley of Fire, all through there. She's on the back taking pictures, actually comfortable. I'm not dying because I'm sitting up and love that and came back and wanted it but it just wasn't in the cards and about two years ago we went you know quote unquote window shopping we'll call it uh down at Jet City Harley here in Renton and went in and kind of looked around and checking bikes out and wasn't still kind of intimidating because I hadn't ridden it for so long and wasn't really sure what I wanted and all that kind of good stuff and had a salesman do the salesman thing and talk me into actually getting on one, going for a ride, you know? pushing back, pushing back. He's like, dude, what do you got to lose? Uh, it's a beautiful day. It's like towards the end of March. He's like, I just want to get out of here. Let's go ride. So he talks me into it. The wife's going to go with me, pulls it out onto the front there. And like a lot of these Harley dealers during the summer are having a barbecue and I'm intimidated as all hell. I haven't been on a full-size bike in years and puts me out in front of everybody. And I'm figuring I'm going to tip this son of a bitch over in the parking lot and all these guys are going to be laughing at me. Uh, made it out of there just fine. Got about halfway around the block, you know, maybe a quarter mile. And the wife's just going, this is it. We, we got to do this. And I'm okay. You know, who am I going to argue with, Right. Right. So we go back and start kind of working numbers and this and that. And this was all kind of on a whim. So she, she's got to go pick up our daughter who's at a school thing. And I kind of look at her. I'm like, don't you leave me here. You leave me here. We're riding away with this thing. You realize that, right? She just kind of smiles and nods and leaves, comes back in about an hour. And we finish up paperwork and rode the sun of a gun away. It was kind of awesome. You know, she, she pushed for it more than I did. That's awesome. Now, on a side note, 
So you're down in Vegas and you rent the Harleys. Did you still have your endorsement with you? I'm just curious. Yeah. I was still on your license. Yeah, yeah. I I have never let it go. So I got it back when I was 20. I'm trying to remember now how old I was. 22, 23. And let me tell you, getting your endorsement test on a sport bike sucks ass. It was not fun, but I'm sitting in this the testing. This was back when you actually had to go and test at the DOL. Mm-hmm. I'm watching these other guys on the test, and I'm looking at these guys going, they're passing? Seriously, how bad do you have to do to fail this thing, right? And so, yeah, I, I just never let it go. I, I always paid for it. It was one of those deals. It's just like, I've got it. I'm just going to keep it. It cost me a little bit more each time I got to do it, but I'd never let it go. And this was why. Yeah, it paid off. Exactly. It's it's kind of like, well, you know, I might go rent a bike. And yeah, yeah they, they do still require you have an endorsement down there. So was the Harley, that's what your second bike you ever owned? Or did you have another one? in between? No, it, it was, I, I don't do things the smart way a lot of times. You know, people start with a smaller bike and work their way up. No, I just I jump right in head first and sink or swim and take the lumps as I go. Yeah, the first bike was Jixxer 750, which was the first street bike I ever worked owned. And then the uh, the street glide was the second one. Nice. Hey, you know, at least you got, you know, you got to experience both uh... – both realms of the you know the world from the sport bike to the banker life yeah the the sport bike was cool and there's a lot of parts of it that i miss i mean the straight acceleration was crazy the the handling was crazy but and i rode that thing over to beverly vantage about two hours away one time and that was the last time i think i ever went that far on a trip other than that you know a couple hours around town and stuff wasn't any big deal but Oh God. Yeah. As soon as I sat on that, it was, I, we rented a, what was it? It was a fat boy down in Vegas and man, I sat on that thing. It was like, dude, this is, this is way more comfortable. And the biggest, the first thing that I noticed on that one, that one had a single uh, caliper front brake, right? Single rotor. I go Mm -hmm. up the highway at 80 miles an hour, start braking and, it's not slowing down like the sport bike thing. I'm going, oh crap, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit of a change when you know you go from that the dual dual rotor or even you know, God, there's a huge difference. You go two piston to four piston calipers in the front. Oh yeah, there's a big difference in in stopping power. There is, and that, and that was the first thing that grabbed my attention performance wise. And then after that, it was like, okay. Keep that in mind. You can't break the way you used to. But oh uh, yeah, I looking back on it, I I wish I would have gone, you know, V twin cruiser style. First off, with my brother and our friends, we all had sport bikes, and hey, it was a cool thing to do, I guess. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those things live and learn. I mean, I went the same way. I mean, I started with the the V forty five saber, kind of the you know more of an upright kind of in the middle of a not really cruiser but not really a sport bike but you know it had some great power to the gs 750 es which was kind of the beginning of the jixer lineup okay. you know more of the sport bike and then i went to the cruiser with after that one to the suzuki boulevard you know the v-twin mm-hmm. i had the c the c50 and then and then to the harley and 
you know, I think it's with anything. I mean, you, you know, what your friends got, it's, you know, you kind of want to lean that way or I don't know, maybe it's just part of that being a guy thing. You kind of got to go towards, you know, the, I just want to fucking get some speeds and go right, and, right, or, or whatever it is, but you know, you just kind of experience them all. Yep. Experience makes everything better. You just kind of, I mean, without it, you, you just go into it and say, yeah, this is it. This is it. And then you try something else. Like, well, that wasn't quite it. Yeah. Comfort wise. This, yeah. This isn't going to work. No, no. It, it's, uh, yeah. And you, you were lucky. You're always carrying around a backpack or something like that. If you want to carry anything with you. And it just wasn't, it was, it was cool for its time, but we're past that now. It was like that with, you know, when I had my, my Boulevard, I mean, I had the, you know, leather saddlebags, they weren't really that big, but I had the, uh, tea bag that would go in the back of it. I would borrow from my dad all the time. And I think I used that more. Sometimes it was nice having that more than the saddlebags just because, you go somewhere, say, you know, you're riding in the summer, it's really hot. Well, dude, let me put my coat in here and, you know, you go somewhere. I could even actually put my helmet and my coat in there. Or, you know, the wife, she could put her coat in there, helmet, you know, if she's with me or her purse. And you, you get to the bike where it's more more comfort. And then, you know, it's not quite a tour pack like, you know, on my road glide, I got the full-size tour pack. Kind of like, you know, we can we can dive into that. You're rocking the tour pack. Now you picked up yours and you get start getting those little add-ons and accessories. And it's like, man, these are so nice. It's so handy oh, when it comes, whether you're not just so much, you know, a overnight trip, multi-day trips, or even just a good long day trip, having the extra room to put stuff is huge. Oh, it's, it definitely is. And, you know, my, both my wife and my daughter ride with me a lot and, I can't even get the backrest on anymore. They're like, you got to put the tour pack on. I, I don't want to ride with you any other way. I'm like, hey, whatever. Whatever makes you happy, babe. Oh, yeah. And I mean, and you know, it's like with mine. I, I go to take the tour pack off, and I'm so used to having it on. I mean, I barely ever take it off. That yeah, when I do, I just... Exactly. I just feel like it looks so naked and so fucked up looking. It's like, I just leave it on. Just I'm so used to it. And that's just, you know, how it is for me. It's like, fuck it. It just stays on, even though I got the, you know, the quick disconnects much like yourself. And, but still it's like, screw it. I'm leaving it on. Yeah. I, I tend to, it, it all depends on what I'm doing. It's that versatility thing. You know, if I'm going somewhere where I need the extra cargo space by myself, I'll take it. If it's just me ripping around town, just cruising, I'll take it off. If I'm riding two up, yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed to be on. Well, you know, mine, I don't know if it, I've really never thought of it as a factor where, you know, I mean, I have the luggage, the luggage rack on it, but I also have the, an extra brake light and tail light within the <laughs> luggage rack too. You know, it is, I think it's probably six, eight inch LED light strip, but, it is just a little bit more of a light. It's one more piece that somebody's going to see maybe, you know, the bright red light right. or whatnot. And, you know, thinking about, it, I don't know if that actually, you know, plays a, a factor in my thoughts, but it is there. It could and, so, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, for me, I just leave it on whether, you know, going to the grocery store, taking a half day cruise or, or doing whatever. 
don't know. I'm so used to it. It's like, I just, I never take it off. And I mean, like you, I mean, I can put the backrest on, but I just, it's like, screw it. You know, it's, it's how my bike looks. I'm so used to it. It's, I just leave yep, it. Yep. I, I fully understand that. I'm still trying to get used to it fully. We'll say the look of it. I mean, it joke around about the geezer glide and that's kind of what I think, but it's, it's kind of in between. I'm, I'm, getting used to it but it's still kind of like i still like the look of the just straight street glide too you know right and it, i totally get that you know you, you bought the bike you know as a street glide and you've you know accessorized it up you know i mean not to call it the ultra but you know you, you got the extra the extras you know the storage capacity you want to do stuff you have you can put it on there you can take it off and it is. It's just, you know, one person's choice. You know, do you, how do you want to accessorize? How do you want it to look at the moment of what you're doing? And it's all part of, of, you know, owning the bike and making the bike oh, yours. Definitely. definitely. And little crazy side note on that. I, I don't see too many of the Bonneville salt flat denims out there. And I don't, my wife and I went down the Oregon coast last summer. We're down there and we're, pulled over and we're stopped and we're looking out on the beach on this one pull-off spot and in comes a Harley. I think it was uh, the River Rock Gray Street Glide. Comes rocking in and guy and his wife and they get off and she comes over starts talking to me like, hey, you know, I've never seen another one of these. Apparently she had one at home and she was asking me about where I got the tour pack and everything and yeah, it was, it was really cool to actually talk to somebody else who had one in person i mean on the internet you find them but i've never seen another one in person let alone just talk to the one person you know thinking about it i don't know if i've actually ever seen that color in person either i mean it's not i don't think it's that super of a common color no is it i mean yeah it's definitely not yeah they made them street glide anywhere you know yeah, exactly. It's not like, you know, the vivid black that they've made millions of, whether you're buying the street glide, the road glide, the fucking fab bob, whatever you're buying, where vivid blacks, you know, cheapest color yeah. they do. I don't, you know, I can't think of many times, if ever, I've seen the Bonneville fucking salt flat denim. Yeah, it's it's one of those bikes. I'm, I've always been a fan of uniqueness, you know, um, Limited edition type stuff. I'm a sucker for limited edition. I, I don't even want to go down that road. But dare to be oh, different. Oh man, yeah. It's and that's it. It's be you know, the Harley, be in the Harley world, there's a ton of them out there. But set it off, make it different. Hey, now we're cool. Well, you're cool anyways, you're riding two wheels, but you know what I mean. But yeah, you know, if you can be different and not be like, you know, myself, I got a vivid black road glide. You know how many vivid blacks? Dude, there's a lot of them. Sure, I might have a, a few little pieces that might be different, but in the end game, dude, there's a half million vivid blacks where you do, you have that different color that you don't see. It's not common. So you're kind of in a league of your own. Yeah, definitely. And actually what's really fun too is – uh I've it's there's been several occasions where I've gone ripping down the highway and come up on somebody and of course you know always doing the speed limit will pretend 
And oh, the car in front will be cruising along, doing the speed limit also, we'll say. And looks in his rear view mirror, slows down, gets over. And as I go past him, you can just see the air pulled out of him. He totally thought I was a cop. <laughs> it is so much fun to do that to people. I can I could understand that, dude. That I never thought of in that aspect. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and the salesman when I bought it joked around about it, and I forgot about it for a while until so I went ripping down Highway 18 and convertible Mustang in front of me got over, and could just totally see it. And the wife's on the back, point tapping me on the shoulder, just laughing, going, "He thinks we're a cop. He thinks we're a cop," and I'm just laughing. <laughs> oh, that's freaking awesome! Yeah. I've never thought about that aspect. I mean. And I can totally get it too. You, you know, I mean, they're running electric glides. You got, you know, yep. the, the bat wing fairing, and you see a white one coming behind you, and oh shit, here comes a car. Yep. And you know, you're just looking in your mirror, and you know, the, the front profile of a bike is not very big, so especially with lights blaring at you too, you know, headlights and everything else, you can't tell. So you're gonna roll the eyes right. and think it's a cop or not a cop, but. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the side of cautious and just kind of pull over and then go, oh, son of a bitch. Yep, and then roll back into the throttle. Yep, usually they get right back over behind me. Yeah, to the speed limit. Oh course. yeah, of course, of course. So, so when you when you went with the tour pack, what kind of made you decide to go with the full size as as opposed to you see so many guys going to the razor? You know, what was kind of your thoughts when you made that decision? I bounced around. I like the look of the the razor, um, but it was more, you know, form and function, practicality. Uh, we were buying it, one, for the wife comfort a little bit, too, but it was also we're planning on doing more and more bigger trips, multi-night trips, you know, and I'm still getting new at the multi-day thing, so I'm still trying to figure out what all I really need to pack, but the Boy Scout, ex-Boy Scout in me says, you know, be prepared. So you always end up with way too much shit, it seems like. So <laughs> the bigger just made sense, you know. Yeah, you know, more space, more shit. Exactly. And, you know, the longer you get out there, the more ten, you know, especially traveling with women, the more stuff you need, it seems like. More stuff that's broad. Yeah, you know, guys, give me a pair of jeans, a couple pair of underwears. You got to have the clean socks because those will get funky in your boots. And oh yeah, let's roll. Whereas women's like, oh, I need some shoes for when we get there, and I need jeans. And oh, I, what if I get a little bit cold, but not super cold? And then what if I get really cold? And it's just all over the place. Yeah, I agree. It's like me, you know, a few pairs of underwear, a few pairs of socks, t-shirts. Dude, I'll wear the same jeans two, three days. Oh, like yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're, you're a biker, man. You're not you're not supposed to be minty fresh and so fresh and so clean, clean. It kind of goes with the territory, right? Yeah, and then, you know, it just depends on, on your scenario. It's like, you know, I can pack enough stuff that I need in one saddlebag, and it's like, okay, you know, my camping, well, you know, that I, you know, I got some of the you know, tiny cook stove or whatever I want to do if I want to take that. And you still have plenty of room for, you know, depending on situations, you're going to, you know, just crash at a hotel or are you going out moto camping where, you know, you're going to take a tent bed roll, you need some more storage. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff to think about that, you know, goes into it, but it's just all, you know, getting out and having fun, twist the throttle, 
Throttle therapy. Uh, enjoy yourself. Get in the wind. Definitely. That's actually something I'd like to check out and get into a little bit is that moto camping. I, I haven't camped in forever. It just hasn't been in the cards, but I see a lot of it out there, and it, it just looks interesting. It looks like fun. It is. I did it last summer. I mean, we did – it was actually kind of a – we split it up between the family, my my youngest and my middle son, which are both my mm-hmm. boys. They went out to uh, <clears throat> Mora, and they camped by themselves like on a Wednesday night. Then I think I – which they took one of our bigger tents. So then I went out and joined them Thursday night, which was just me and the boys camping, which I took some of the stuff on the bike, and then – Friday night and Saturday night, my daughter came home for the weekend. So then the wife and the daughter came out and they joined us for two nights and, you know, the boys camp Friday night. Then they, they went home cause they wanted to go home on, on Saturday. Plus our, we have dogs that are really up the up and they weren't all about the camping and they preferred to go home and wind and cry. Yeah, I get, get it. So the boys, you know, the, the boys came home. So me and the wife and daughter stayed out, but Dude, moto camping is a blast. You know, I mean, I, I have some, you know, small cooking stoves for like, you know, backpacking or, you know, backpack hunting trips and some gear. And, you know, granted that trip, we took the big tent, but I have a smaller two person tent in the garage from, you know, one of my, my first ever motorcycle trip was actually with my dad over the North Cascades where we went up and we camped in Winthrop and believe it or not, I still have the same tent that I used 20 years ago. Uh, That's because they built stuff a little bit better 20 years ago. Yeah. And it is a lot of fun. And it's really cool. You know, throw a little bedroll, sleep bag and take your shit and just go for, you know, a night, two nights. And I think the, you know, the coolest thing I, me and my dad have figured out that first trip I ever took, we camped the first night, got a hotel the second night so we could shower, camp the third night. And then, you know, we were home and it's not a bad way to do it. If you're going to go multi-day, at least, you know, every other day you get a shower, you know, feel a little bit cleaner from, being on the road and it, it was a blast and it, it, it's so much fun, you know, and I wanted, I definitely want to do some more of that this summer, some more, you know, get out, fucking do a little motor camping, even if it's just an overnight trip, you know, oh, somewhere yeah. into the cascade range down the canal somewhere or fuck wherever it may be, you know, fuck Northern Oregon somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I we might have to hook up and do something like that. I got, I got a buddy that lives over in Bremerton that's talking about getting in on some of that too. So, yeah, we might we might have to do something there. Oh hell yeah! I mean, there's you know some cool places. You you know you think Bremerton? I mean, God, you know let's see. You know, I mean, I, I know you're at down you know that Enumclaw area. So say you know Bremerton. Even if you met up around the bridge, I mean, you want to go north. There's shoot like Deception Pass State Park, some places up north or. You know, meet up somewhere and dude, head south. Even you know, you go up Mount Rainier, or like I said, down by uh, Mount Hood area. I mean, fuck, there's campgrounds everywhere, and it is. It's a lot of freaking. Oh stuff. yeah, definitely, definitely for sure. I mean, you know, I got a small cooler that whatnot that fits in the back seat right between my backrest, and you know, you can throw a few things in it. But it is, it, it's a fun way to go, and I mean, shit. You can get a camping spot for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. I mean, even if you want to go do some dispersed camping where, you know, you cruise up a little forest road a little ways and find a spot that you pay nothing for, too. I mean, there's, there's so many options, and it's it's just fun. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's just a different way to go, for sure. I, I've i been 
with my wife, she, we used to camp a little bit back when we first got together. And then as we've gotten kind of older, the camping has gone away and come become more uh, hotels. Oh yeah. I, I and so, do. yeah, but it, just a different animal, you know, it's, it's more like grassroots, the, the OG biker kind of thing, you know, going back to the old days of just hopping on your bike and running somewhere and where you sleep, you sleep and get up and roll again, you know? Oh yeah. And it's like, you know, depending time of year, you know, you can, I mean, granted now with technology and phones, it's like, you know, you can check out the forecast. I mean, Shit, a guy can even get away without even taking a tent, take a tarp, because if you know that you ain't got a chance of rain within a week, it's like, shit, man, string a piece of paracord, throw a tarp up, and, you know, crash underneath the tarp, or, you know, I mean, there's so many options, it's just, it's fun to get out, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean, anytime on two wheels, and then you throw a little nature in there, I mean, recipe for uh, success in my eyes. Success, memories, and oh, definitely, definitely, for sure. So you know, since we you know kind of reside up in the the same region of you know Northwest Washington, what's one of your little favorite roads that you know whether you're going out for a half day or day cruise? You know, what's one of your preferred areas? Ah, uh, you know, I I really enjoy Four Ten Chinook. That's a nice ride up there. You get some great views of Mount Rainier and just the pass in general. Um, of course, that's a definite summertime because up until usually about Memorial Day, it's packed up with snow. And then other than that, I mean, I this last summer with COVID and everything, it was, we were all kind of uh, uh, spoiled with traffic, which was freaking awesome in a lot of ways. Um, I got a buddy that lives over in Bremerton that, we actually reconnected. We went to high school with and grew up skating together. And we, I found out about a year ago that he had a motorcycle and we reconnected and become really tight friends again because of it. And so I'll, I'll head over to Bremerton area and we'll go ride the hood canal and all through there. And that's, that's a fun little area over there too. Going up the canal, it, it can be a good ride. You know I mean? Shit, there's another area. I mean, God, there's got to be five, six, seven to fuck a dozen campgrounds if you go on oh, through yeah. that canal loop from Potlatch all the way up to Dosey. Yeah, that's definitely something we're not lacking in this area is wilderness and camping. And then definitely planning on. But I, I haven't been able to do it yet, but we're we're going to do it this summer. Do the Peninsula Loop. Yeah, definitely feel that, man. We'll have to get in touch. I mean, I'd I'd love to go do that. Whether you know you you guys come up here meet with you, you know, I cruise all the way down around, you know, then once we hit like Shelton, you guys go your way and I come back up or figure out something. But yeah, that'd be a blast. Yeah, ahead. we'll we'll be in touch. Crush that definitely. One. Definitely for sure. We gotta we gotta get hooked up and get some of that going on. Dude, there's another one actually. Head out to the coast and camp. Oh yeah. On. And there's a ton of camping out there dude, too. That's a fucking, dude, that's a freaking amazing place to go camp. Yeah, you give me a lot of ideas. I gotta start writing this stuff down. <laughs> I've been to far too many places. I mean, Claylock's one of the, you know, for us and my family, it's one of the, our favorite places. Where you got Claylock, or you can head out to Mora by La Push, is another great campground. And yeah, yeah my... it's freaking sweet. Oh, go ahead. And then right. 
right up the road from Mora, you got Three Rivers Campground, too, where, you know, I mean, they got showers there, too, plus tent size, RV size cabins. And it's another great place up here on the on the peninsula out on the coast. To go yeah, it's, it's funny. My, my parents live out there in Squim and used to go out there quite a bit, from, you know, several times a year. And it seems like I think in the last 10 years, maybe 15, I've only been out to the coast out there to a push like once it seems like every time we go out there it's just a quick turnaround go out for a weekend come back sort of deal you know yeah for me living on the far east side of port angeles think squims yeah like 10 minutes i mean we get there that, all that stuff's right in your backyard which is really cool that was my buddy lives out in bremerton and first time i went out and visited him we went up ripped around and ended up in paul's bow and up um up from there up north and i just looked at him like bro you've got the coolest roads in your backyard and it was an eye-opener for him he's like you know i i take it for granted i never really thought about it i'm like i live in the middle i'm i live in suburbia so for me to hit something like that you know i'm 15 20 minutes or longer to get to i'm like this is right out your driveway guy have you been down to like the kind of what they consider old Paul's bow down by the marina where that's all the yeah. thrift shops? I mean, everything's within walking distance. You can park and there's me and my wife, we never had really found some of that area until one of the uh, big league tournaments when my son was doing tennis because he got really in tennis through high school and like the kid's a talented athlete. And we had some time between matches, so we went down there through old old Paul's bow and that was, it was cool as shit down there. There's some really neat freaking stores and you know, it's like you park somewhere and everything just, you just walk around and it was store to store. Yeah, We, we cool. rode right through the middle of that kind of, kind of like driving down main street, you know, and did that, but it was still early COVID last year. So there wasn't a whole lot that was open oh, and yeah. it, we were just out riding, but we'll be back for right. sure. I, I enjoyed a lot of my time spent over there. I mean, and it doesn't take much. I mean, you don't got to have a huge windshield. I mean, just a, you know, a little bit of a fairing. You look at some of these guys, like, I mean, man, I'll throw, you know, Von Gasfeld in that. He's got that little club fairing on his Dyna. And dude, that guy just crushed the, the coast to coast in 43 hours from Jacksonville. I was, 40, I was thinking it was 47, but I, I couldn't remember for sure. But, yeah, I mean, him and those guys, I mean, the rest of those guys are – crushing huge miles on dinas which you never really think are long distant spikes and then yeah with the little club style fairing and hey they're they're killing it man you know and, and it's like i've talked to them you know a few times and you know through all this you know the friendship you know messing back and forth and they built those bikes to fit them you know to to fit their stature their you know their size or you know their their geometry basically and you know, made it work for them and they're comfortable with it. And man, they can lay down some serious miles where other guys, you know, might not be, you know, built with their statue or whatnot, can't do it. But man, those guys lay down some serious miles on a bike that, you know, I don't really, one wouldn't consider made for touring, but man, hands down. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah awesome. that's, it, that's a trip I definitely would like to do someday. Maybe not in the time frame. I'd like to do it a little bit more relaxed pace and do the coast to coast. I would like to do the four corners someday and, you know, register, do the actual side to go from Blaine, San Cedro, California, Key West, Florida, Manawaska, Maine. You go back to Blaine 
think if you register with the society, you have 21 or 22 days. And I, I know a guy, per, well, one guy has now passed away, but I knew two guys that personally did it. And then, you know, they, they told me that, you know, they kind of took their time on the East mm-hmm. coast because they had some family over there kind of, kind of enjoyed some of the sites and they did it like 19 or 20 days with, you know, a day or two to spare, which, you know, if you're talking hour wise, I mean, that, that is a good number of time. And, Oh, it's it freaking awesome experience. Uh, what kind of mileage is that? I wonder. I think altogether, I want to say it was around that's, twenty thousand. That's crazy. But you know, it's like you said. There were some days you get down around the Gulf Coast. You know that New Mexico, Arizona, Texas area. You know some of those areas. Like it's not. No, there ain't much to see. He goes, it's, it's not hard to, you know, put some heavier mileage on some of those days and some of the next days. Back you off know, a little bit, do a little bit and, more. Yeah. And he, he goes, you know, it, it wasn't bad. He goes, you know, we did. And he goes, actually, you know, seeing family, really enjoying the East Coast, checking things out. He goes, it wasn't hard to to do it within the time frames of what the Four Corner Society gives you. And they said it was freaking awesome. And it's kind of one of those little bucket list trips that I have that I, you know, someday I, I would hope to uh, accomplish within the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, so definitely. The, the hardest part for me would be getting time off of work. So that's, but other than that, I sounds like a killer trip, man. I mean, think about the different regions, the different climates, the, the weather patterns, everything you're going to see that way, not just, you know, Hey, I'm going to see California. I'm not, I'm going to see, you know, Florida, New York. No, you're going to see everything. I mean, just the gamut of stuff. Even just, you know, culture, whether it's you oh. know, food culture from, you know, like how we bar how we barbecue up here to oppose, you know, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, you know, that area, you know, that them barbecuing oh, down there isn't how we that. do it up here. And just the, I mean, you know, yeah, the, the food culture. I mean, you know, I, I'm a food connoisseur. I, I love food. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, Dude, I could be putting awesome. on like 40 pounds on you that know, trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the crazy thing is like you're within the same country, but it, you know, these different regions, it, it's different cultures in a way of how things are done. Man, oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, awesome. that's something I never thought about. I'm, hmm. Yeah, I I got a problem when I start thinking about stuff. I I don't like using the word addictive personality because when I use that, I, I go down the path of, you know, alcoholism and that kind of stuff. But when I get hooked on an idea, I I like really think about it. So I, this is an idea I like, but I'm going to have to bank this because if I start thinking about it too much, I'm going to drive my old lady crazy and it's going to be, hey, let's do it this summer type of thing, you know? Yeah, see, and I'm the same way, and unfortunately, I got like this little book over here, you know, with, that I have all kinds of my dream road trips, all my you know podcast notes and for stuff, and then you know, in the back, it also has my little the my bucket list of all these trips, and the crazy thing, it's even my my older son asked me, he goes, you know, Daddy, goes, you should write these down. He goes. It's just things he goes, I would like to see, you know, maybe someday in my life, he goes, I would love to do some of these. And he goes, you have a different aspect. He goes, you know, well, he goes, I'm not telling you to, to write it down in case something happens. He goes, but 
you know, it'd be really cool. Something I would also like to see and say, you know, not a problem. So, you know, I have all kinds of cool notes written down and I get the same way. It's like, you know, you get those late nights, you start looking through them, whether it's in my notepad on my phone. Oh, Hey, look at this trip. Then you start, well, you know, I can make it to here in one day. I could do that. And oh, oh it does. Yeah. It gets very you addicting. You jump down that rabbit hole real but, fast. Oh, you do. And it's fun though. It, you know, it's, it's fun to, you know, that aspect is, oh, yeah, you know, definitely. It's, it's fun to dream. Definitely. And then it's also fun to see those dreams, you know, for sure, out. for sure. I'm, I've learned through the years with a lot of things, you know, thinking about dreams and stuff that it, it works better to plan a little bit, but let things go, you know, uh, I've learned that with trips. You, you can't, do the Clark Griswold and plan every minute of your trip. Just pick a destination. Know you want to be there tomorrow and roll. And as you go along, oh, hey, that looks cool. Let's pull over there. Let's check that out. Let's let's go over there and do that. Or sometimes they, exactly along the lines is pick a starting yeah, right. Well, obviously you know where you're starting from. But pick an ending destination, whether it's 400 miles, 2,000 miles away and just say, hey, you know what? Whether, okay, say you're going four to five days. In four days, I want to be here. And that's my only thing I want to worry about. And right. let the rest right. of it happen. It's, you know, I've, I've heard people say it's a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to go, you know, I have eight days total. I know in four days I want to be here. Then, and say, this is my one plan. Instead of trying to make it say, okay, end of day one, I need to be here because, well, then now you're pressuring yourself to get somewhere. And, you know, I've talked with some guys that, that do a lot of traveling and, you know, a lot of them, it seems they say the same thing is don't make, don't set day-to-day destinations, set a goal three, four days out. And then on your way there, you know, when you feel it's time to stop for the night, just stop for the night. So you're not pressing yourself to get somewhere and making your force yeah, making yourself right harder to get, get to that, you know, to get there. And it's like, man, you know, definitely. Dude, for sure. Yeah. I've, I'm trying to go that route a little bit more, but when you end up in places like the Oregon coast or these touristy areas, it's hard to put caution to the wind and just figure you're going to find a hotel somewhere when those places all get booked up. But I, uh, both sides of it are understandable good you know i when we did our trip down to oregon it was kind of like okay we're gonna go here and it was only you know we went down to i think not seaside um i can't remember what the hell it's called there we went down through salem off to the coast and it was like okay you know it's 300 miles we got plenty of time to get there we just got to be there by midnight or you know something like that and go down there and then we went up the coast to astoria which is I think it's only like 120 miles or something crazy like that, but definitely took our time and seen everything and then backtracked and, you know, that sort of deal. Well, that along the Oregon coast too, is it's so touristy where you might have only a hundred miles to go, but it's not a quick trip because speed limits in a lot of those areas are so low just because yeah. it's so popular, especially in the summertime with, you know, tourism, everything that, you know, what you think might a hundred miles might be two hours. Yeah, that was, it was actually like kind of nice when we went last summer because there was a lot of things that were still closed because of COVID. So you didn't feel like you had to see everything. You know, there wasn't that kind of pressure. 
which you know and and that's also kind of nice in aspects you know of, yeah of that time highways you know were more open i mean dude i had a friend of mine took a picture it was around five o'clock at night i think this was july or august his bike parked in the middle of hooking bridge with the sun coming oh, that's, down that's bad no cars picture. anywhere You're never gonna get again i mean dude, it it was freaking amazing it's like you know you'd never see the skin if it wasn't for you know the the circumstances we're going through it's like right. holy shit man that's a i think it was a cool picture i think it was not a march, single car in the we, we tend to get a good snap of weather here in march so it may have been the end of march or early april Wife and I, I, I took a Friday off from work because there wasn't really much going on. And we hopped on the bike. It was a beautiful day. Headed up for, uh, headed up north, headed towards Marysville. Kind of, let's go this way and see where we go. We we're going to go out to Deception Pass and got up there and realized we weren't really geared up for the weather. It was cooler than you, I thought it was. And turned back around. We came downtown Seattle, I 5 at 5 o'clock. At 70 miles an hour, never touched Ooh. my brakes. And cruised right through yeah, there. I'm like, fucking amazing. dude, this is freaking wild. And then I went up, rode downtown Seattle a couple different times. Went up, seen the Google Spheres and all kinds of stuff. Took my daughter up there. And it was just, it was eerie to be up there in the middle of the day on a weekend and basically have your way with the town. I mean, the only people that were out were a few people walking your vagrants and that was it i mean it was it was surreal to basically because riding a bike downtown seattle is nothing i really ever wanted to do but no, it was either. like you know this was all pre-protest and all that bs that happened so it was still early on and nobody around i was like this is it, it was almost like apocalyptic type of deal you know there was like nobody around buildings boarded up and just have your way. It was like, this is, this is the best thing that could come of this right now is motorcycles can move free about the country. You know, and, and it's like you talked about, you know, deception pass and weather wise. I mean, you get up that area, that's part of that, you know, the weather comes through there from that convergence zone and man, it can be its own Roll little weather system. You, up up there. you don't know what you're going to get. But then on some sunny days, that area can be freaking amazing, especially when it comes sunset time. You know, that the hour before sunset, man, that area is just. Oh, yeah, I bet. We, we ended up going beautiful. up a couple weeks later on a Saturday, and it was absolutely gorgeous. And it had been, it's crazy. I've lived in this area since 89, and I honestly can't say I've ever been up to Deception Pass. Maybe once, but it was like way back when I was in like, like 89 or 90 and I didn't remember anymore. And yeah, I'm, I'm with the bike, mm -hmm. I'm venturing out to all these new places that I either haven't been or I don't remember because they're great destinations. Oh, they are. It's like, you know, the, my wife and I, we went up to uh, Anacortes where, you know, everybody, I guess you kind of, you know, consider Anacortes part of Woodby Island, but when you cross Deception Pass, you're no longer mm -hmm. on Whidbey Island, then you're on Fidalgo Island. And we found we found this cool little well, actually not we, I mean, I kind of surprised her with a little trip, you know, a little an overnight getaway. She kind of started it in, in December, surprised me with a little trip. We went down to Port Townsend for night. So then, you know, a few weeks later after Christmas, I 
surprised when we went up to this little place, uh, the Ship Harbor Inn in Anacortes, okay. right up by the ferry that goes to the San Juans. Cool little, cool little amazing place. You know, we went down, walked the beach, and you know, at sunset, and man, it's it's beautiful up there. It's a cool little place. You know, great, especially in the summertime. It'd be awesome. You go up there for a little, you know, motorcycle adventure and Woodby Island and that whole Fidalgo Island. Man, it's just some great little riding country. You know, yeah, there's still is. a lot of farmland kind of in a way up there. It's just, it's a great scenic place to go. Yeah, I think I'm going to have out. to find my way back up there again this summer. I know. I want to, it's crazy. I mean, same thing. I lived up here all my life. It's like, I always go across the Port Townsend Ferry to Coopville. You turn left, you go up island. And I've never been down to the south end of Woodby Island. And I want to go explore some places and see what's down there. You know, when the, the weather gets better, be an awesome little you oh, know, yeah. bike ride. Explore the south There's a lot of good island. riding out there, too. Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, it ain't far, but it's just, it's crazy. I've lived here my whole life, and I've never been to the south end of that island to experience, check it out. Right, right. It's like, how many times have you been up to Space Needle? Yeah, that, yeah, me uh, too. And that was once. many, many, many years <laughs> ago. It, it, me too. That was my okay. 16th birthday. Mine's so not, not quite that far, but that was same idea. Jeez, uh, yeah, right. 27 years ago. Uh, my, it was over 20 for me. Went up there, had lunch in the Space Needle. Then I had my dad oh, courtside tickets to Sonic. Games. Sonic, yeah. Yo, Super Sonics, buddy. Sean Kemp, Michael Cage, Gary Payton. Uh, yeah, that's too cool. I've only been to one <laughs> Sonic game, and I scored tickets from somebody. And I'm, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I've always been football, baseball. It's been my sports. Uh, but I, we got tickets, and we're like, well, yeah, let's go too. check it out. So we went up there, and it, they were playing the Lakers. So it was um, Kobe was playing, and I don't remember who else. But it was just like, yeah, we, we stayed for about two-thirds of it, maybe three-quarters. And we're like, all right, we're out of here. Well, for me, in my, in my early teenage years, it was something my dad did. We always bought – he always got uh, Sonics tickets for my birthday in March. So we'd go watch the Sonics and – you know, in the, the early years, and you know, that year when I turned sixteen, we had some good tickets, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it's cool. not really been my thing, but I've I've always been a a supporter of the NBA in Seattle. You know, it's the, people love it, people need it. It's not my thing, but I'm I'm still for it. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. I haven't I haven't been to games since I was sixteen, but you know, I'm more of a you know baseball, football person you know i mean i have i spent a decade coaching little league baseball here and you know where i live in port Angeles. and after that time then i kind of when my boys got to high school it's like you know i don't want to coach them in baseball in high school so then i i transitioned myself and became a baseball announcer and i think i had a blast doing that that was it was absolutely a lot of fun although it it took a little bit of getting used to because i was never one for public speaking and when I got into the baseball, I first started it with a what was called the Wilder Baseball Club. They're a, a travel baseball team from this, you know, starting here in Port oh, wow. back in the late seventies. You know, they've got a they got a lot of history here. You know, a lot of a lot of community support, community sponsors, and every year they hold you know a, a big five day tournament that draws 
you know, there were some international teams, teams from Australia, Canada, all around the Northwest to come to play this. And that tournament was my first go around at announcing. And do that first day, it's like, you know, you got all the opening ceremony stuff, you know, national anthem sponsors. I mean, there's so much stuff to announce. Dude, I'm not joking, man. Before it even started, I was so nervous. I was really uh, I'm nervous. the same way. I, I fully know exactly where you're going with that. <laughs> but, you know, then I I did it for four years, and I still think that, you know, through doing that time of all the, the time of announcing baseball has really helped me when it came to, to doing this podcast and, you know, kind of just enjoy it, embrace it, and just – you just have fun with it. And, you know, I try to take my enthusiasm of, you know, when I would announce baseball and have a lot of fun and I try to bring it to this. And, you know, the bottom line is, dude, I'm having a lot of fun doing this podcast. The friendships, everybody that I've met is, it's just awesome. And the cool thing is like these, the friendships don't stop at, the, at each episode, you know, everybody that has on it, whether from you to Brad, you know, Rusty Bagger, Rhino, Von Gaspel, all these guys. Dude, I talk to him weekly, if not multiple times a week, and it's it's, just, it's, it's really it's, cool dude, to sit back. You know, I've been we've been talking for quite a while now, well before you ever started this, and it's been really cool oh, to yeah. sit back and you know, like Brad says, watch your friends succeed, and and that's it. I've been sitting back watching this thing just grow and grow and grow, and it's been fun too. And you know, to touch back on the the part of the friendships and. That's what I'm finding out is so great about this community. You know, the moto community is you, you end up talking to people that you probably wouldn't have talked to anyways, and you just build these friendships. And it's, it's something that I've worked on. I'm, I'm trying to work on more now is I've, I've usually been a shy guy. I, I don't like talking to new people. I kind of stick to myself, you know, I, you can branch out because of, uh, social media and you know because you don't really talk to talk to people but it's something that I'm working on and trying to get better at is being more open and saying hi to people and just talking to people in general you know uh, dude I, I'm the same way I mean for, for a long time I was I was very shy I was very standoffish and you know I I gotta give credit to you know like I said between the baseball and, you know, going in that booth and, and putting my voice in front of a lot of people, whether, you know, I'm sure there's some days there might not be very many people there to days where you, you could be in front of 200 people. And I was never one for public speaking. And I really think that helped get me out into it. And then, you know, back in October when I decided to want to do this, I mean, it, and I really think that, that that has helped me a lot with this and, you know, kind of yeah, I mean, put myself out there, I guess you could say. You open yourself up to the I was world, never one really, for it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very true because, man, you know, like I've some of the story posts I've seen, you know, a guy tuning in, listening to the podcast from Aust- yeah. Austria. You know, like, holy let alone Jesus, you were kind of thinking U.S., you know, local, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens here too. Now you're branching out internationally. It's like, whoa, that took off pretty fast. Yeah, especially, you know, the the crazy thing when you can go back and look at the analytics and then, 
you know, look and look down to see, holy Jesus, dude, I've been streamed in over 20 hey, countries. Hey, like me, you're, you're sitting back going, insane. who wants to listen to me? I mean, you know, it's like, well, what's so interesting? But, hey, you, you found a niche that obviously needed filled, you know. They're, they're, you know, and, and, you know, thank you. It's other people have kind of said, you know, kind of the same thing and, it's you send some of these, you know, it's like, I'll write a message to, you know, a guy find that, you know, say through Instagram, you know, I don't want to mess the guy. Well, grant he's going to be on soon. He's like, well, why would you search me out? He goes, man, he goes, dude, I'm a nobody in this world. I said, dude, look at me, dude. I'm a nobody in this world, but you know what? We share a common interest in a, in a love for motorcycles. And I said, you know, that that's all this is about. I said, man, I, I like to talk to other guys that share the passion that just, enjoy riding and you know have some travel have some stories and you know that's what the v-twin life is man you know we're just we're guys enjoy motorcycles you know we enjoy traveling we got some cool stories and i enjoy hearing the stories and you know if by you telling them here it's like you know what we can preserve some of these stories and they'll be here forever and people can come back in and say hey dude you know what i remember hearing something similar and you know, whether remember this podcast. Or oh something yeah, definitely. Else. And, and I've enjoyed listening fun. to them and it seems like every, everyone you've done, I've taken something new out of it, you know, whether it's carrying a tourniquet or um, trying to think of some of the other stuff we've been down, but you know, some of the things you don't think about, it's like you, you start branching out and talking to these guys and yeah, you know, I, I've always carried a basic first aid kit, just in a basic toolkit, but never thought about a tourniquet. You know, you go down, it, it can go bad fast. Oh, me too. I never thought about that. And that's, you know, another thing that I yeah. came upon that I found is rad flags. You know, it's, it's a little Velcro flag that can go around your handlebar or, or say you got a luggage rack. They're reflective material. You know, they fold up, they come in basically like a little Who knows the old school 35 anymore. millimeter film canister. And <laughs> it's like, holy cow, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But you and I do because we're old. And it it's a killer idea. And it's like, I would have never found that if I didn't happen to find the post, you know, from Connor FXDB. And, you know, from that post, I've now built a friendship with the guy and, yep. you know, talked to him many times, had him on the podcast and, and I've actually reached out to Rad Flags, and I do believe we will be having a an up and coming episode soon. But it's those yeah. little things, same thing, dude. I never thought about a tourniquet, you know, and or a or a first aid kit because I don't know on the backside of your mind you think, man, I'm never going to need it or or whatnot, you know. I mean, sure, there's a your basic first aid kit, but you, dude, I, like you said, man, I've learned things from guys that I've had on here that I would have never thought, you know. Hey, that's a hell of an idea. I should be carrying that too, and it's all part of learning. You know what? We, you might have 20 years experience on the road, you know, me too. And, oh. but you know what? You could still learn something from a guy that has half the amount of time just because he has a different mentality or different vision or he's, you know, his background is different and, and we can all learn something oh, yeah. from everybody. And, and your 20 it's, years experience it's a learning isn't necessarily no matter. the next guy's 20 years experience. You know, yours could have been all roses and tulips and his was, bumps and bruises, you know? Oh, absolutely. Very true. That is absolutely true, man. 
Well, shoot, buddy. We are. Uh, it's been actually going really smooth, man. You know, it's it's one of those things. You start talking. This yeah, I, I was just looking at the time and then like thinking, you, no you know, we started on bikes, went down baseball, went over here, went over there. <laughs> the, the trip we've taken here has been pretty damn cool, man. Yeah, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. you know, it's one of those things you talk of squirrel. And off, mm-hmm. yeah, off the other way you go. Dear buddy, hey, thank you so much for coming on tonight. You know, doing a, you know, doing this episode. It's like you said, you know, we've been pretty damn you know, close. We've probably yeah. been talking for about two years, you know, and like, and then it's like, hey, we got to do this, and you know, schedules could never align, the puzzles just never fit. But you know what, we got the the pieces of the puzzle together tonight, and. Oh yeah, man, it, appreciate the opportunity. Good time, I'm, I'm just glad enough, we finally were able to get things fixed up and get her done. Absolutely. Hey guys, you know you got you want to check out his stuff, dude. He's got a lot of stuff online. He's you know great. He's got a great bike. You know he's always got some great content going. You can find him at Street Glide underscore underscore Trooper on Instagram. Don't forget you can follow the V Twin Life underscore podcast on Instagram. The V Twin Life on Facebook. Hey, you guys want to, you know, be a guest? Hey, feel free to shoot me a message. You can get me on Instagram at the V Twin Life on gmail.com. Uh, hey, Tim, you got no, any, not really, any closing man. statements? Just go out and ride, stay safe, keep the rubber side down, all those other fun cliches, right? That's right, man. Enjoy the road, have fun, hey, ride man. safe, hey, and uh, enjoy those miles of smiles, guys. <laughs>